With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network presents Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday Morning Sports Talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. I am Jack Pilgrim here. Uh, in person with Anthony White, and uh, very happy to, b- to bring on the one and only Larry Vaught. He's giving us a, a, a play-by-play of how his uh, morning stroll went this this uh, early, brisk morning. Larry, how are you? I still got it, Jack. Age 70, I can still do 10 miles. Woo! How, how'd you finish? How'd you, how'd you run? I did much better than I anticipated. I finished in about two hours and 15 minutes. Saw five bear, 22 deer, 13 turkey, and had a little ice and a little snow on me when I got finished. But the snow on the Smoky Mountains this morning was terrific. So it's it's a terrific uh, feeling right now. I'm probably on a little bit of that runner's high still. Probably could check with me in about two hours. I may not be quite as giddy as I am right now. But right now I'm feeling good. What's the temperature right now where, where you are? It was 29 when we took off this morning, and I believe when I looked while ago after I got finished, I think it's 32 here right now. So, so Larry, so you can run from Lexington, so you can run to Georgetown, Kentucky in two and a half hours? I did 10, and, my, and these are pretty hilly. This, they describe it as rolling, but I describe it as just hilly. So, yeah, if I, if I have to, I can, do, I can do 10 miles in two and a half hours. I still feel pretty confident. And if it's flat, I can probably do it in close to maybe two hours. I'm, I'm curious, how did you get so specific with how many of each animal you saw? Did you have a notepad? How, how did you keep a mental <laughs> check of every single animal you saw? Well, Jack, when you're out there for two hours, you've got to do something to kind of help you focus on something other than that the hills are going up and how much farther you got to go. So it was easy to count the bear because we saw three at one point and two at another place. And actually, I shouldn't say that I saw somebody else saw them and pointed them out, and then I was able to stop and, and see them because I have trouble focusing that far over into the woods when I'm trying to run and not fall off the road or something. But the deer, they were right up. On the on the edge of the fence, and a couple of them were even up on the road where we were running. They have no fear whatsoever, so it just kind of gives you something to do. And the turkey this time were all just in one group, flock, whatever you call in turkey, so it was easy to count them while they were all there together. So this kind of gave me something to do. It's easier than saying, oh, God, I still got six and a half miles to go. Larry, you know, that's, that sounds really LeBron 
LeBron-esque. You ever LeBron, that's one thing he's remarkable. At the end of the game, well, one possession, we came down, we got the rebound and went back out. We came out, took a little shot. And so we're on the left elbow. Like, he knows detail what happened, like, the last 15 minutes of a game. And that's what you sounded like right there, Larry. Well, yeah, I saw, the, saw three bear at four mile. I saw the buck at the 5.6 mile mark. And I saw the other two bear at the nine and a half mile mark. And you may be surprised or not from doing this show so long. We may or may not have Mark Stoops as a coach next year. I just want you to know that. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking. Actually, I didn't get to see any of the game live yesterday. I was helping with the friends of the Smokies who put on the Cades Cove 10-mile loop. I'll come down and help them with packet pickup. So I was the packet pickup was from 12 to 5. And I noticed, boy, my phone's kind of buzzing a lot with messages and stuff, and I still didn't pay much attention. And then somebody came through at about quarter to two or something that knew me and knew where I was from. He said, what about those cats? And I said, well, I hope they're doing okay. And he said, you don't know? And I said, no, I don't know. And then he told me the score. And so then a couple times I did check, and then there were several people that I was working with. And one of them happened to have has a husband that's a huge University of Tennessee fan, and he knew I was there with her, and he called me and described what happened in the last minute of the game. So then I just I, I've got to be honest. If you sent me a message yesterday about the game, I just deleted them when I got back because I think I had like eighty nine messages when I got. I thought I'm not going through all those unless because I said I'm afraid I know what they're all going to say, so I didn't. But then I watched some of the highlights and a little bit of the replay last night. Well, just brutal, just brutal. Uh, Larry, there's a caller. We haven't gotten to uh, hear from you and or see you hear your thoughts on it. There's a caller that uh, let us know off air. Uh, said, "Good thing about losing yesterday was nobody will be coming for after our coaches now." That, that came from John. <laughs> your your thoughts on that? Well, I would say that probably if there was some talk at Auburn, that probably cooled that in a <laughs> in, in a big in a big way. This was you always want to strike while the iron is hot and the iron's not very hot right now. I mean, losing to South Carolina and Vandy at home isn't the best way to make yourself marketable. And, and I don't know all that you and Anthony have been talking about, but there's plenty of blame to put on coaches. But again, just from what I saw, what I've had people describe to me and Anthony's talked about it earlier in the season, just about the way this team just doesn't seem to play with great effort. Now, not everybody, but overall, this doesn't seem to play with great effort. And I saw the remarks that Will Levis made after the game yesterday. That's very troubling. I mean, the old guy here starts, you know, kind of reacts like maybe you better quit worrying about NIL and the transfer portal and just learn how to play hard and play football when, when you're saying things like, yeah, we knew Vandy play hard. They play hard no matter what the score is and do that every game. Well, isn't that kind of the way it's supposed to be? And, I mean, even early in the season, Anthony, when you were talking about things just didn't seem right and you were worried about the intensity and all. Something just has not been right with this team, it seems to me, like all season. And, I mean, I don't know why you think they're going to finish anything but 6-6 six and six right now, if you're honest with yourself. Hey, Larry, do you get that vibe? I know uh, Joker, uh, I can remember, uh, Mintz, and those guys, and that last go-around, I know we talked about it on a couple Sundays. Are you starting to kind of get that feeling when comments are made from the head coach, like, uh we got to get these guys to buy in or we got to get these guys on board. Like, who, yeah. if, if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it? 
Yeah, that's what you're supposed to hear the first year a coach is in place or something, right? Not like this, not coming off a 10-win season. I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just very, very troubling. I I tell you what, it's every bit as perplexing to me, Jack, as the year that Kentucky went 9-16 at basketball. And there just seemed to be such a disconnect from the head coach to the players and just no no union of what was going on that's what this football season is reminding me of that you got a lot of good individual pieces but apparently none of them fit together very well maybe don't get along very well I, I don't know what it is but there is something bad wrong and I mean yeah you can throw uh, you can criticize the coaches I think all that you want on both sides today for what happened but also a lot of players just need to look at that mirror and say am, am I worried about something other than just playing football because the effort just seemed pretty pathetic to me from what I was able to see and read and hear. Yeah, and at least that 9-16 and 16 team had some type of excuse built in with the isolation and being locked in their rooms and not being able to socialize and, and you know, actually build a team you know, camaraderie that, I mean, they, that team was, was screwed from the beginning. Everybody had to, to deal with the same stuff, but just, you know, hearing behind the scenes that year, there were some, you know, polarizing figures in the locker room and, and the people were butt, butting heads. And there was at least uh, an excuse built in for, for that, for, for that season. It's inexcusable, but, but that one, at least there's, there's some type of, ah, well, you can point to COVID, you could point to the isolation and the, you know, the personalities and things like that. This one, I, I, I just don't know, Larry, I, I don't know how we're in week 10 and we're not seeing any, any development. We're not seeing any cohesion. The chemistry is not right. There's the frustration being built with the, you know, between the offensive line and the quarterback quarterback with the offensive coordinator and the head coach uh, it's just it's all system failure yesterday and I guess as a season as a whole and I don't know uh, I don't know where they turn yeah well I'm just going to tell you Jack there was a wise man on Sunday morning sports I can't remember which week he told us but he said that one thing that really worried him with NIL was about getting players to listen that you had to coach a different way now. When you combine the NIL and the transfer portal, it was changing everything. And he worried about how different guys were going to buy in, how much, how some players may or may not react. And all I'll say is that, damn, I always knew Anthony White was smart. But I never realized how smart you were, Anthony, when you told us that weeks ago. That I don't know what you sensed, what you thought might be going right with this team, but you were the first person that even – indicated that you were seeing things that just worried you and I, I'm guessing every fear you've had has come true and Larry and, and Jack kind of pointed I mean everybody's going through it and the first thing I pointed out was uh Texas A&M but I'm afraid the football sports as we know it because Jack's millennial he's a little younger but sports as we know it may be changing <laughs> it may there's no get out there win one for the Gipper there's no you know, grabbing the kids' face masks, asking them to do a little extra, yelling at them, trying to, you know, trying to get them dig deep down inside of themselves. That may be a thing of the past, Larry. I, I think you're right, Anthony. And it's, it's a sad thing for this old guy to to, to think about that. And I, I want to tell you how, how how weird my mind works. And, and, and Jack may not appreciate this, but but you will, Anthony. I'm out there today at about the seven seven and a half mile mark. And I'm getting pretty tired. I'm pretty cold, and I'm not 
not the happiest, you know. I'm thinking, you know, I could just shut this down, just kind of walk in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm far enough out. The the van of shame won't have to come get me to empty the course. I want to ride in and that. <laughs> but then I thought, you know what? I'm sitting here criticizing the UK football team for guys that just laid down, or maybe not laid down, but just didn't quit. By God, I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> if I break my leg, I'm gonna run till I get to that 10 mile mark, and I did. But I mean, that's just lost. It seems like now, and young guys, they just don't have uh, n- not all of them, but but some of them just don't play with that intensity. And I think that's what has fans frustrated. And I think it's going to happen, and it's happening all over the country. As you said, it's not just Kentucky; it's a lot of other places. But boy, this is this is easily, I think, the most disappointing football season at Kentucky that I've covered, just because of the expectations, the talent that you feel like is on this team and the way that they have lost games by playing far, far less than your best. I think you can take it if you think like a team is playing as hard as it can and maybe it's either gets beat by a better team or just a bad break cost them or something like that. But when you feel like the team is not playing as hard as what it should and doesn't seem, I don't know, not care, but just seems to keep making the same type of mistakes, that's just hard hard to take and I think that's where the major, at least the majority of fans that I know I think that's where they are right now and Larry I think we, we got a, um, a meeting with uh, Mitch Barnhart uh, Sunday morning sports talk crew we're going to sit down and talk with him <laughs> because uh, during one of the breaks we came up with a good solution that we can salvage uh, sports as we know it and we're if we pay you NIL deal we're going to pay it to you at the end of your career we're going to set this money aside if you want to be one and done we'll give it to you when you when you walk out the door, but we're not going to give it to you so you can be just sitting around with seven figures uh, as an 18-year-old. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to hold the money for you until you're done playing here, so it doesn't distract you. Well, as long as, uh, as that doesn't mean that you won't be able to get any players to come play, that's a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's something that's going to be good. I think it's definitely made a huge. Uh, impact on so many different things that I'm, I think probably coaches are still trying to figure out how to handle it. Maybe some are doing better than others. and But, I mean, it just seemed like last week all you heard was NIL talk. You hear, didn't hear much talk about Vandy. And, I mean, maybe the players listened to all that too about, hey, the money's getting ready to roll in here. I'm going to get mine. And maybe they won't get so much now after losing to Vandy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Larry, we got to hit a break. What's your plan? Are you uh, off to, to do more stuff in the Smokies or what are you doing? I, I can hang with you for one more if you'd like me to. Let's do it. All right, let's go on and hit this break. Okay. You listen to Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. Well, 
Welcome back. Stock Yards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday Morning Sports Talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White. Another quick segment here with Larry Vaught after he finished his 10-miler down in the smoke. He's very proud of him for uh, doing that. And uh, Larry Swishing a little bit to, to basketball is a big week for the team to open the year 2 and 0 to uh, blow out victories, uh, but a big, big, big test ahead on Tuesday against Michigan State, and then they head to Gonzaga uh, for a road game uh, next Sunday. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on the team right now? Who's standing out to you, and uh, uh, what are your, what are your expectations going into a big week? Well, I think it was a good game for them the other night to uh, get a little taste of some different things that, that Michigan State may do against them, mainly just probably a little bit more physical than what they have seen. So I, I was impressed with the way that Wheeler came back and played. I liked the fact that he seemed to Jack say everything right after the game, too, about him and him and Case, and I really liked the way that he just handled his success because I know he had to have been reading – and hearing, well, let's just put Case in at the point. Wheeler's done all of it, but he handled that perfectly, and I really like that. And again, I just, I just continue to really like Hugo. Uh, I mean, he just keeps coming in and doing things. And I know you were one one to talk about. He was just supposed to be here for a developmental year, and this and that. But I think his his development's ahead of schedule, and I think he's going to give them a big piece that can do some things uh, better than anticipated this year going going forward and i'm anxious to see how oscar's going to be still just a little worried with john calipari's health update after the game that wasn't exactly the most optimistic about oscar playing this week but hopefully he's going to be and then i don't know what what the case is with damien but i would say if there's one thing that might worry me just a little bit right now i do worry that maybe jacob might be Jacob Topper might be pressing just a little bit, trying to maybe live up to some of the hype that he's been getting instead of just kind of letting some things flow to him. And I think it sounded like he understood that himself after the game. So just kind of got to let him settle back down and just let things come to him a little bit easier. But but overall, I mean, I really like it. This seems like they got really good pieces, and they all fit really well together. And what, what's crazy is in, in that entire segment that you, you were talking about, the team didn't even mention the two leading scorers, Antonio Reeves and, and C.J. Frederick. Uh, what kind of value do they bring to the table on the outside and just knowing that you have two snipers on your left and right? Oh, I mean, they're just makers. I mean, they just are makers. I think it's reasonable. You may disagree with it, but I think it's probably reasonable to expect between the two of them they're going to make eight three-pointers every game or that's going to probably be what they will average. I just think they're that good of shooters. And I know John talked about that he's going to try to get all these guards 26, 27 minutes a game. I think that's what he's going to have to do. You just can't sit those two guys or, or Wallace or, or even, you just can't leave them all sitting over there for very long. I mean, it's just a totally different team with what those guys can bring to you. And I also think, and, and Anthony, that both of them can play more because Frederick and, and Reeves are both better defenders and a little bit better all-around players that I was kind of counting on. Eventually, since I watched C.J. play in person, I kind of forgot that he could just do more than just shoot. And I think Reeves has kind of convinced me that he can too. I agree. We'll hit more on that. Plenty of stuff to, to get to after the break. We're very proud of you, Larry. Great work this morning. Uh, go, go rest up a little bit, okay? I, I got to get home, but the, the legs are still working, so I'm still feeling good for right now. <laughs> 
Sounds good. Appreciate you hopping on with us. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Stockyards Bank. Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. Stockyard Bank Sunday morning sports talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday morning sports talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. Time to flip the script a little bit, get a little bit more positive about a team that I am certainly very high on after seeing the way they've started the season. Uh, Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White. Got Bo on the board, pumping out the great music as always. Anthony uh, Kentucky coming off a 77-52 win over Duquesne. Uh, they look ahead to Michigan State in the Champions Classic. All eyes will be on the Kentucky basketball program on Tuesday against Michigan State. Um, how are you feeling about the about the team right now? What have you seen uh, that you like and, and things that you know you're uh, keeping a very close eye on going into our first high-profile matchup of the season? Well, you and Larry kind of hit all all of my topics. I mean, you you convinced me. Uh, C.J. Frederick is a shooter, ice man. He he can he can he can put him down. One thing that didn't concern me uh, now does kind of concern me. I, it did seem like Jacob Toppin is doing a little bit more. He's putting the ball in, and it's fine. But when Oscar comes back, we don't need that. We have guards that can score in a multitude of ways. I want Jacob Toppin to let the game come to you. You know, who stay on the boards, play some defense, and if. You know, it's, there's, you're going to get your time, but please just don't force it because, like you said, we, we have a well-rounded team with a lot of different people that can do a lot of different things. We have depth at different positions. The other big takeaway I took away was uh, I didn't hear the post-game comments, but when Severe came in there, and it's funny, I'm watching this dude. He has a, such a fast pace. It looks chaotic and out of control, mm-hmm. but he's completely like the first time he got in, got stuck under the basket and wrapped around pass, like, Wow. But then you have to have guys who can receive that pass and, and, and not bobble it, which Lance Ware tends to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, the things I took away, I severe reminded me of why we need them on the court. Yep. But you have to have guys on the court that can play with them because it's pacey plays that seems chaotic, but it is organized chaos. And there's so much talk, Anthony, about the – Oh, Casey Wallace needs to be point guard one. You know, oh, he he's just such a, a stable force back there. He does so much. You know, he's a, a walking triple-double threat every time he steps on the floor. And, and uh, look, Casey Wallace brings so much value to the table on both ends of the floor. He's a scorer. Uh, he, is, he has grown so much over the last year as a shooter. He's a uh, facilitator, and he's a, a, a lockdown defender. Uh, he's going to play a lot of minutes. John Calipari has already said he's going to play a lot of minutes. And you kind of fall in love with the, you know, the, the new fresh – thing you know it's it's the it's the 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 cool thing to do to kind of fall in love with the new Mm -hmm. bright shiny object and obviously Kaysen is that but then when you get a guy like Savier back in and you see the value that he brings alongside guys like Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick shooting on the outside and then you got Oscar coming back uh, here very shortly Jacob Toppin when he finally settles in and do that all the pieces around Savier Wheeler you go oh he was built perfectly for this team and then you kind of take another step back and go, damn, Kentucky has both Xavier Wheeler and Cason Wallace. We don't need to be pitting these two against each other. This is not a right. head-to-head battle. Kentucky has both of them, and everybody else doesn't have either. And I think that's something that I, I kind of took a step back and, and realized after that Duquesne game, just seeing the value that Xavier brings in that front. It's like, man, I don't know how you look at this backcourt, that top four, Xavier, Case, and Antonio Reeves, and C.J. Frederick, and, and – 
and figure out how you stop that. that that's a four-guard lineup. Uh, they're not going to play together all the time, but that's a four-guard rotation that I don't know what the flaws are because you got the defense, you got the uh, scoring, you got the shooting. That's everything you look for in backcourt. You know, my only concern is, and I think it's always been my concern, was it last year or the year before last, where my only concern was Cal, was how was Cal going to use these guys? Is he going to, like, and he's great. Don't get me wrong. He's been great at getting guys to buy into the team thing, the team aspect, putting yourself aside for, you know, a championship mindset. And that's the only thing because Chris, Chris Livingston, I do think there's going to be games where we're going to need him. I, I felt like he was doing a little bit at the top and, like, I need to ISO. We're, we don't, we're not playing ISO. We don't. We don't. We we get so many players. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for you to ISO, and uh, and like I said, I think Jacob Toppin will come back down after uh, after um, Damian comes back and uh, Oscar comes back. I think he'll get back into the team mode. I think he kind of feels like I'm an upperclassman. You know, the, the big dog is out. Let me show you what mm-hmm. I can do. But uh, that's the only thing. Hopefully, he can get them to buy in. I have no doubt he can. But that will be the only aspect that I think may hold us back in some games where he does want to bench somebody or pull them because you know they're doing too much or playing out of control or or not playing to the rhythm of the game and that's that's the only you know shortage I can see the other thing is really quickly Larry has to find another name for Anyenzo Hugo a guy that big cannot nickname can be Hugo Ugo the the team calls him Ugo I thought Larry said Hugo which reminded me of the car Ugo and okay, Ugon. We can call him suburban, excursion, Tahoe, Tahoe. Yeah, something like that. But now you go. Okay, so it's hey, Ugo. Boy. But my boy Ugo can hoop, man. I'll oh, yeah. tell you. But look, there's sometimes that you get a project, and some projects take three, four years to yeah. to, to finish. Sometimes it's just a little, you know, raking leaves outside. That's a project. <laughs> it don't take you too long. And I think that's what Kentucky has in Ugo. Man, uh, look, when, when I heard, you know, talking to people around the program this summer, they, when, when he got here in late August, they were like, look, he is learning way faster than we thought. He's still super raw offensively. Nobody's saying he's, you know, turning into Kristaps Porzingis, knocking down threes. Like, no, that's not who he is. He's, he is very behind offensively, but they, he is so much further along defensively than I think anybody uh, could, could realize. So I talked to um, C.J. Frederick's uncle, played at Notre Dame uh, under Digger Phelps, and he played against Dikembe Mutombo at Georgetown, and he told me, look, I played against Dikembe on the floor. Like, I, I, I saw him when he was becoming Dikembe. Yeah. He said, that's, that's Uganda. He said, I, we, we have already seen this story play out before, the raw offensive talent but has the defensive instincts, the shot blocking, the timing, uh, keeping the ball in bounds, not just send, you know, flailing his arms around and sending it out of bounds. He, he has the, the understanding of – he has the floor awareness. He has all the, the, the stuff, the makings of a truly elite defensive presence. Ugo already has that. And he just arrived in America in January. He just got on campus in late August, Anthony, and he's already – Nine points, four of seven shooting, ten rebounds, three blocks, zero turnovers, uh, and an assist, and only one foul. So he's not—he's not fouling. He's not, you know, being, you know, flailing his arms around, and, and he's—he is playing controlled basketball, even as a raw talent on the other end of the floor. He's going to play basketball. The Duquesne coach had, came out after the game, and he said he's going to be making a lot of money one day playing basketball, and it may be sooner than we all expected. 
Yeah, and that was the one thing I was I was taking as you were talking was a guy six eleven usually like kind of like a new de- baby deer learning to walk, mm-hmm. and, and he he that was the thing that surprised me. I hadn't seen a whole lot of him, but he's fluid. He has a big trunk on him, he's, so he has a little power down low. But the biggest thing at that when you uh, you start talking about number t- uh, the Kimbe and minute bowl and just some of those awkwardly long guys they their feet don't fit under them right their stride ain't right uh but that that's one good uh one good thing about him is that he's uh coordinate his coordination is better than most people that size i did want to ask you uh is there a reason we didn't see uh thero or was was that because cal said it was severe he said he said i you know i felt bad a little bit after the game knowing that he didn't get any get any run but look that's the beauty of this team. We know that, like, how? what does it say about this team that they score 77 points, shoot 46% from the field, uh, 58% from three, play really, you know, impressive basketball, 22 assists. Uh, you know, they, they do a lot of really, really good things in a 25-point win. And then you still ask, but, man, what, what could a, a Duthiero have done to this, to this rotation? And then you think even to a next level, What's going to happen when you get Oscar back and then right. Damian Collins back? We're seeing this team. John Calipari put a number on it, said, I want this team to be one that scores 80 points a game and takes 25 threes a game. Cal has had one team break the 80-point mark per, per game in a season, and that was the De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Bam Adebayo team, who was one of the most entertaining up-and-down, run-and-gun type teams I have seen at the John Calipari era. One of the most entertaining groups. And the 25 point, uh, the 25 three point mark. Cal has never had a team that's broken 19.9. That nobody is, is right. even hit the 20 23 mark, and he's trying to hit five, take five more threes beyond that. It's a, a whole change in philosophy with, with Cal. I think because he understands how many options this team has. Uh, who like you know you're going to tell CJ he's not going to launch threes. Or going back to Larry's point, uh, how how can you look at Antonio and, and CJ and see not eight threes between the two of them every game, or at least, you know, 15 attempts, you know, eight, eight, 10 to 15 attempts between the two of them every game. There are just so many scoring options and shooting options that I don't blame Cal for wanting to hit that 80-point, 25-three-point mark every game. You, what, what Cal is asking for sounds like he wants 12 threes per half. Like, he wants 12 threes per half? And I mean, I, I guess I could see if he wants to stick to it. You don't think any of that's coach talk, like we like I, he. That's how that's how uh, admired. That's how much he admires it, or that's how much he's in love with. It. And at the eighty point mark, the, the last year's team scored seventy nine a game. So it's not like it's asking that much. If you take this team for what it is, the upgrades that they made at each positions, I'm taking Kaysen over Ty Ty, and I love Ty Ty. But I think Kaysen's a better talent. I think Antonio's a better scorer than, uh, than you know, Davion Mintz off the bench. And I think CJ's a better shooter than Kellen Grady was in the lineup. If you take the upgrades at the positions that they needed to upgrade, why, you know, why wouldn't they be able to score one more point than last year's team? So I, I no, not the 80 points, but the still, 25 but, but just, yeah. The, yeah, but you know, yeah. Um, you know, I think even last year's team, I don't have that off the top of my head, but they took a solid number of three point attempts. I think they ended up with 18 a game or 17 a game or whatever it ended up being. But yeah. when you got those type of, uh, of gunslingers, why not? I mean, you, you got dudes with straps, let them use it. You know, uh, another concern I have of mine and I get, when I have when I bring up a concern, I get labeled as being negative. But when I bring up my concern, it's valid because somewhere down the road they typically come up. Now, we don't know for HIPAA reasons. I guess we don't know exactly what uh, what Oscar's surgery was or what the injury was or whatever the repairment was. But 
I wonder, in a sense, can they not keep Oscar out of his way like Will Levis? Because I think it was you, it was you or, or Tom Leach, one of, some, one of you guys was saying when he came out of surgery, and I know with a meniscus you can come back, mm-hmm. but it is really sensitive at, in the healing process. But he came back early. He wasn't supposed to be in the gym, and Cal was like, well, yeah, he's already in the gym. We can't. And now he, it's kind of lingering on. Once you get into these big games, you get into Tuesday, Friday, Saturdays, and you know multiple games in a week, you don't get any time to rest that thing. So I wonder if, if there's a part of it, Oscar, trying to be ahead of schedule, which is fine. But by the same token, we don't want this thing lingering all year long where we start getting tournament time, and now you got to take some real time off. And, and when the injury happened, uh, Oscar came out and he said, I'll run until my leg falls off. I don't care. The pain don't bother me. I'm going to play. But that's Oscar speak, and, and Cal keeps talking. You know, he's a different person. He's a, he's a, a machine. He's not a real human right. being for what he is and, and the type of talent he is and the effort and the you know will to win and things like that. So – What's the, what's the safest thing for his long-term future? Because you don't want him to literally run his leg off this season and then kill, uh, you know, his potential earnings and as a, you know, it, it, whether it's an NBA overseas, however you want to, however, where, whatever route he wants to take, you got to play it safe. And I understand why he hasn't played in a full month. You know, he hasn't been practicing, hasn't done any contact stuff. That's what Cal said after the game. He hasn't done any contact work yet. So I understand the concern about why he hasn't played yet, but – I think the real test will be Tuesday. Will he play? How much longer beyond that? I, every time, everything I've heard says that that he's right there on the cusp of it. They're just worried about swelling and making sure it doesn't, you know, flame up as the game's going on against a, a team like Michigan State or things like that. But at least you got a guy like Ugo off the bench who has proven that he's capable. You got Lance Ware who's kind of been a stable force uh, there. I think. Ugo has kind of surpassed him in the rotation just in terms of the, you know, presence that he provides defensively. But Lance Ware, he's a guy you could rely on. And shoot, you're going to get Damian Collins back. You slide him down to the five if need be as well. So you, you got some options there uh, if Oscar has to miss any time. And speaking of Ware, is it just me? And this has been my – and I love his motor. I've always loved Lance Ware's motor. Yep. Is it just me or has – my only knock on him, that his dexterity was just not there. Like, he bobbled the ball a lot, and he kind of always – these last couple games, he's looked like he's gotten his his, his uh, athleticism together. His, and his, he's caught the ball a few times it's, it's, with a little pressing or whatever they – two, one, two. Yeah. Picking up full court, he's got his hands on the ball a little. He seems to have been getting a little bit more dexterity about himself. Yeah, he's, he's a, a fine for what he is. The, the role that he's going to play is the enforcer off the bench. I think he is tremendous for this team. He's a yeah. good, good locker room guy, great leader, uh, you know, helping Ugo and helping the other guys, you know, competing against Oscar in practice. I love him. I, I, Lance is the perfect fit for this team, and if you need him to play some extra minutes uh, against Michigan State, I think he'll, he'll do that just fine. You got Ugo, you got Damian Collins coming back. And then, shoot, if you need to go small and, you know, just play Kentucky's four elite guard, then – then you got to do it, and you'll just outshoot whoever you're playing. Uh, Kentucky has options, and that's the beauty of this team. We got to hit a break. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 6:30 WLAP. Welcome back, Stockyards Bank Sunday morning sports talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. One last segment. Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White talking a little basketball, preparing for Michigan State. 
big, big, big week for the Kentucky basketball team, uh, Anthony. What are you? Uh, what are you most looking forward to uh, on Tuesday night? What are your thoughts? What are your expectations? Do you think uh, that they have shown enough in these first couple exhibition games and the, the, the first two games of the season to uh, get the job done on the uh, national stage uh, on Tuesday in Indianapolis? Yeah, the big thing we need to see, which has always been the challenge, our biggest challenge is against us. So, you know, we've been able to rotate people in uh, with the game, uh, preseason games, the first two games. Bahamas tried different rotations without any consequences because, you know, we were a more superior team. Now I want to see when we, once it gets a little tense, what are, you know, what kind of adjustments are we going to make? What is Cal thinking in certain situations? I, I, adversity reveals a man. I just kind of want to see how we're going to adapt with, with some pressure. You can't just put any rotation you want in because it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. I just want to see what our rotation is going to look like when we get stressed. And if and if uh, if Oscar's not there, you know, how, how uh, effective can we be from outside not having a luxury of knowing Oscar's going to either get the rebound or, or you can pound it inside to him. Uh, also going to be a very big week, uh, DJ Wagner committing tomorrow. Uh, very, 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 very likely that it is going to be Kentucky. Uh, it's going to end a very long recruiting battle between Kentucky and Louisville where uh, at the end of the day, Louisville never really had the chance that I think a lot of people thought um, initially. I think there was some smoke and mirrors to try to build up the Kenny Payne era at Louisville, which that's clearly off to a nightmare start. They are two and or zero and two to start the year. Losses to Wright State on a buzzer beater, and then Bellarmine to to open the season. Absolute just embarrassment for for them to start the year. I feel bad for Kenny Payne because he's a great guy, um, but he's going to lose. Yet another one tomorrow, and it's going to be with uh, DJ Wagner. How excited are you to uh, wrap up uh, that recruitment and uh, Kentucky's little mini super class they got going on for 2023? I'm going to hold off pointing fingers and, and uh, throwing shade at anybody at this point in time because in football, it didn't bode too well for me. Uh, and I don't think we have a question about that in basketball, but I mean, I've been keeping up with you all year long and all summer long, and you've been keeping me up to date on the DJ Wagner. I guess it's talking points, whatever. It kind of slowly rolled out that it's. If you look at all the, uh, if you look at all the clues and context that it, it was going to be Kentucky. So, I mean, you already told me it was going to be uh, Kentucky. So I'm not so excited because I already knew that. Now it's just going to be out of the way. So now it's not a talking point of where he's going to go. No. I think that he's going to be a great fit alongside Rob Dillingham, Justin Edwards, Aaron Bradshaw, uh, and Reed Shepard. It's a, a very, very impressive class that Kentucky has locked up. That'll finish it. Uh, uh, Ron Holland ended up signing with Texas. He was only the other guy that they were kind of going hard after, but understanding that there's a they were kind of on the outside looking in. This is the class they wanted. They got all of their top options at every position, and uh, I'm interested to see how, how they all work together. I think it's going to be a good look. Rob Dillingham's kind of the uh, – interesting one there because of uh, you know kind of the erraticness that he brings to the table but uh, i love him he's he's very entertaining and uh john calipari got himself uh, yet another good one to be finalized tomorrow big week uh, with dj tomorrow uh champions classic tuesday and then the gonzaga game next sunday i will be there i'll be flying out to washington uh this week and i'll be out, out at uh, gonzaga uh, for that game so very much looking forward to that any uh, last second plans for for the rest of the day anthony for you 
Nope, I'm going to try to stay warm and see why all these people are outside of the building. Lights flashing everywhere like Christmas is here. Some, some cops, some uh, ambulances and fire trucks. Yeah, we, we, we got some, some stuff going on down here at the Clark's Main Street Market. Appreciate everybody listening today. has uh, been the Stockyards Bank, Sunday Morning Sports Talk, News Radio 630 WLAP. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.